Hello, church. Good morning, church. It's so great to see you. If you were here last weekend, I said that if we still hadn't had rain and it was 100 degree temperatures, I was wearing shorts. Well, I got up this morning and I put the shorts on, looked in the mirror and said to myself, this works for me, but I'm not sure it's going to work for them. And so I put on pants. But then I checked my phone and discovered that the high today, 99 degrees. Woo! You know what we call that in South Texas? We call that a cold front. That is for sure. Someone said to me after the last service, he said, you know the sad thing about you short people? I said, what? He says, you're the last one to know when it rains. I'm like, you know, is that supposed to build me up? You know, is that supposed to help me? And I said to him, you know, I don't care where I fall on the rain chain. I just want it to rain. You know, that's for sure. Well, today we are beginning a brand new series straight from the Word of God that has enormous implications to the outcome of your life and enormous implications to the outcome of this very church. That's how important the topic we're going to introduce today and we're, we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks. And I thought that the best way to introduce the seriousness of the topic that we're discussing is I have invited a couple who attends our church uh, to share their story. And you need to understand that this is their story and it is true and they have courageously agreed to share their struggles right now in their relationship with each other. So I want you to give a warm welcome to Adolfo and Evelyn Aviles. Let's give them a hand. Well, first of all, Adolfo and Evelyn, originally from Puerto Rico, I want to thank you for uh, being willing to share your story. One of the things that I absolutely love about the Oak Hills Church, and see if you agree, is just the authenticity. You know, we don't walk around trying to pretend we're perfect. We're willing to share, you know, where we're struggling and also celebrate when God grows us. So thanks for being willing to do that. But you guys have shared with me that you guys are struggling in your relationship. And Adolfo, I thought you would tell us first what's going on. I am married, Evelyn, for 25 years. Are we really struggling? I feel that a lot of the time she put the children over me. I don't feel respect. And uh, everything is always against me. And this create is her fault and now it create me to we are separate. Okay. So you're separated? Yes. Okay, that's pretty serious. So you feel like uh, Evelyn has some things that she has done to really put your family in this situation? Yes. Uh, Evelyn, what's your side of the story? Um, I'm not agree with Adolfo because it's his, it's his fault. His, um, his insecurities and his jealousy is destroying our marriage. And um, I really don't think we're going to make it. Okay. Okay, that's pretty honest, would you say? All right. What I'm going to ask them to do, if you guys don't mind, I'm going to ask you to stay up on the stage, all right? And I want you to listen to what I'm going to share, but I'm going to separate you. Yeah? 
Yeah, yeah, you can be over here, sure. I totally get that. <laughs> Not because it's true of my situation. But uh, now keep in mind, I have no, we have no Jerry Springer bouncers here today. So, <laughs> but I did do a couple push-ups this morning. Pretty serious situation that they're going through. Maybe some of you identify with it. Now the second thing I want to do is I want to, I want to start off by putting an image on the screen in just a moment. And what I'm going to ask you to do in engaging this little exercise is I'm going to ask you to stare directly at this image for about 30 seconds. And you don't need to look at me or your watch. I'll guide you all the way through it. Matter of fact, when the image comes up, there's four little dots in the middle of the image. Just relax and stare at those dots for about 30 seconds. And then I'm going to ask the image to be taken off the screen, but don't move your eyes off of the white screen, okay? Just keep your eyes completely fixed on the white screen. So don't ever take your eyes off until I tell you. And uh, we'll be back in just a moment. Okay, ready? Let's put the image up. And uh, just relax and take a look. Just kind of relax and stare at those little dots, about four of them right in the middle of the screen. There you go. Just relax. Keep staring at them. Okay, in just a few seconds, I'm going to ask the image to be taken down, and I want you to just keep your eyes relaxed and focused on the white screen, okay? In just a few seconds. Okay, let's take the image off. Keep your eyes focused on it. Who did you see? Here's the main point of the message today. When people stare at you, who do they see? The goal of the Christian life is that when people increasingly spend more and more time with you, that increasingly you will come, become to look more like Jesus. That is the goal of the Christian life. Consider the writings of the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 8 and verse 29. For those God foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. What is this saying? It's saying that before you were even born, God predestined that your number one mission in life would be to conform to the image of His Son so that when other people look at you, they will mistake you for Jesus Himself. To be like Jesus. Now the question becomes, why? Why is God the Father fixated on this being your primary mission in life? I want you to listen very carefully. The ultimate vision of God where all of this is heading is he wants to restore the way of life in the Garden of Eden before the fall. He wants to restore that way of life because it was an incredible place. It was his vision for us. It was an awesome family and a community. And right in the dab middle of it was God himself with us. But Adam and Eve made a decision not to embrace God's vision, 
And as a result, sin entered into their lives, which has been transmitted to us. They were escorted from the garden, and the presence of God was taken up out of the garden back into the heavenlies. But I have good news for you. God wants to get us back in that garden again. A place where you look out for others more than yourself. Unlike what Adam and Eve did immediately following the fall, they blamed each other. A place where you are celebrated for your successes versus a place of jealousy and murder as it was in Cain's inability to celebrate the success of his brother Abel. It is a place where you're told the truth in love versus a place of deception and lies that was offered up by the serpent in the garden. A place full of love versus a place of hate. A place full of joy versus a place of bitterness. A place of peace versus a place of fighting. A place of patience versus a place of anger. A place of kindness and goodness versus a place of bullying, abuse, and blaming. A place of faithfulness versus a place of cheating. A place of gentleness versus a place of rage. A place of self-control versus a place of addictions. Is there anybody listening to my words who wants to live in a place like that? Follow my logic. If you are going to live in a place like that, you're going to have to become that kind of a person. Because if you are not, when you enter into that place, it'll cease to be that kind of a place because of your very presence. And so God is desiring for us that we become these kinds of people. Not primarily for our own benefit, even though it is enormously beneficial to become like this. But this is what spiritual formation ultimately is all about. To become like Jesus for the sake of others. Why Jesus? Because Jesus modeled for us the kind of person who lives in this kind of place. The job that I have, the job that Max has, is to come alongside of you and help you day by day to conform to this image of Jesus from the inside out. Consider the writings of Paul in Galatians chapter 4 and verse 19 where he says, My dear children, from whom I am again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. Max and I are to struggle to see this happen in your life so much so it would be like us giving birth to a baby of which we know nothing about but I hear it really hurts it hurts for your sake that's how serious this call is upon your life that it's become our primary vocation to become like Jesus for the sake of others. 
If we're going to be Jesus in our families, if we're going to be Jesus in our neighborhoods, if we're going to be Jesus in our city, in our community, in the places we work, wherever we go in the world, then Jesus is going to have to become more and more of who we are. What are some of the benefits of becoming like Jesus? Jesus' likeness. The primary drive is not for your personal benefit, but it just happens. There's some pretty astounding personal benefits. Let me give you four amongst a list of many. Number one, you'll become a better person. You'll become a better person. You'll become a better husband. You'll become a better wife. You'll become a better brother, sister, son, daughter, neighbor, friend, coworker. You see, Adolfo and Evelyn, as, it comes, as we talk about the marriage relationship, if you were to study it in the Bible from Genesis all the way through Revelation, you would discover that the Bible never talks about marriage in the form of a right that you should expect from your mate, but rather always talks about the marriage relationship in the form of a responsibility that you get to joyfully exercise as a ministry to the benefit of your mate, even in times when they can't or they won't return the blessing. That's pretty, that's pretty straightforward. You'll become a better person yourself. Number two, people will be drawn to you like they were drawn to Jesus. Because people are drawn to other people who are about other people. A magnet. Read the Gospels. It will be true of you. Benefit number three, you'll be more successful in business or whatever your endeavors are. You say, I don't get it. What's the connection between the two? It's not the primary motivation by which you seek to become like Jesus, but it is a beneficial outcome. Why? Because people ultimately like to do business long term with other people who are honest and with other people who are looking out ultimately for their best interest. And we are like Jesus in your place of work, your, your personal career, you will be more successful at the end of the day. It's just a benefit. Final one, you'll be more confident and you will live with less fear. You say, how so? You see, in order to become this kind of a person, you're going to have to draw closer to God to get there. And when you draw closer to God, you're going to feel more secure about what He has promised you and that this place that He's ultimately taking you, this garden is a sure thing you cannot lose. So that when you wake up every morning with this kind of surety in God that you've come to know, your confidence soars and your fears subside. Is there anybody in the room who wants to wake up that way every day? Is there anybody in this room who wants to live like that? I'm trying to give you life, folks. <laughs> George Gallup Jr. of the famous Gallup poll did a nationwide survey a few years back and he published his results in a book called The Saints Among Us. Nationwide survey where he polled people on their reactions to a set of Christian beliefs straight from the Bible, how people think, and a set of Christian practices, things that Christians do straight from the Bible. 
And he invited people to answer their, their, uh, give their response to how this relates to their life on a scale of zero to five. Zero, completely disagree with this belief, completely disagree with this practice, or ultimately five, I fully agree and embrace this belief in practice or somewhere in between. When the first wave of surveys were done, Gallup took only those who completely disagreed with all the statements and compared them with those who completely agreed with all the statements to see if there was any qualitative difference in their life. The differences were astounding. Here are just three of the things that they reported. The person who said they completely embraced these beliefs and practices were able to forgive people who hurt them versus those who said they completely disagree. Those who said they embraced these beliefs and practices completely were less racist and more tolerant of other people versus those on the other end of the spectrum. And my personal favorite, listen to this, those who embraced these beliefs and practices reported more joy in their life than those who did not. Gallup said they were able to qualitatively and quantitatively mark the difference, and in some cases the differences were 200% more joy. Anybody want that? This is the outcome of our life as we seek to be more like Jesus or Jesus' likeness. Adolfo and Evelyn, this is what you need. At the very foundation, this is what you need. To stop focusing on yourself. Stop focusing on your desires and wants and your rights and seek rather to become like Jesus. Doesn't happen overnight, but day by day as Jesus becomes more of who you are, you will create an environment in your life and in your home that is more forgiving, filled with love, grace, and peace. That's my advice to you. How would you like for me to put you up here and give you a personal sermon? Pretty tough stuff, wouldn't you agree? The truth is, the story you heard from Adolfo and Evelyn is true. Everything they shared was an intense struggle for them, and it did lead them to separate. But this is not how their story has ended. They're in a different place today and have been for some time now, and I thought I'd have them come back up and tell you the difference. You okay with that? All right. <clears throat> One of the things that help us to get out of these situations is that we both agree to work to save our marriage. The second one The second one, we both agree to be like Jesus with each other. 
And the third one, the power of prayer. What God be able to do in our marriage. If he did it with us. If he did it with us, he can do it for you too. Thank you so much. And I'm sorry to take for granted. I'm sorry. Thank you, Adolfo, for being an awesome husband. I love you. True story. I love it, huh? You see what the benefit of becoming like Jesus becomes, not only for you, but for a marriage? Which marriage do you want to come home to? The one you first heard about, or this one? Thanks for the response. I thought you would see it that way. But see, it doesn't just stop here. Becoming like Jesus for the sake of others spreads beyond this to their children. Two incredible boys. Their first weekend here at the Oak Hills Church was my first weekend to start here. And we met each other, and we've been journeying together now for over three years. I spent time with their boys, now grown, and they give testimony that the place that their parents have created has been restored, and they are living out the benefits of being in a peaceful, loving home where they have too been challenged to be like Jesus and are grateful for it. But it doesn't stop there. I was in their neighborhood on Friday to talk about this, and when I pulled into Braun Hollow neighborhood, you can cut the presence of Jesus with a knife. It was so thick because they have joined forces with about four other Oak Hills family to deposit the presence of Jesus right there to the hurting people who live next to them. Matter of fact, they went around as a neighborhood a group and and said, uh, our church is calling us to love our neighbors. Is there anything we can do to come alongside to help you and expecting nothing in return? And they found a woman just a few doors down who lives all alone. And they have agreed to replace her entire yard for her as an act of God's grace. But you and I know it's not about the yard, isn't it? It's about God's intense love for her that he pursued her through this body of Christ to remind her that he loves her and that she is not alone. But it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop there. Adolfo and Evelyn are one of our elder couples now. That's how much God has restored them in the Marshall area community who just met last week and they had an awesome gathering in partnership with our other uh, elders, the uh, Boggs, the Vicks, and the Andersons, along with David Padilla, the area community minister. So those of you who live in the Marshall area, their love for, for each other and their, their desire to be like Jesus now spreads to you, so you get the blessing if you live in the Marshall area and choose to participate as well as to this entire church. But it doesn't stop there. 
From the day that I arrived, they committed to take their experience of struggle and recovery and come alongside of other hurting couples through our dynamic marriage ministry, and they have seen many couples' marriages restored just like theirs through the teaching of the Word of God. And Adolfo even has a passion given to him by the Lord to do it full-time, particularly amongst our Spanish-speaking people in our great city. Because marriages in San Antonio, even in this room today, are struggling. So what will it be for you? Today and every morning for the rest of your life, you have a personal choice to make. Will you continue to pursue a life for yourself to look more like you? Or will you pursue a life, your God-given mission, to be like Jesus? If your answer is to be more like you, to be full of yourself, then I'd like to say, good luck with all of that. <laughs> and I'd like to be the first to tell you that in the days to come when your life and relationships get into a heap of trouble, I'd like to be the first to say to you right now, I told you so. My job is to love you and to encourage you but it's also to tell you the truth and to challenge you. But if your personal decision today and tomorrow is to wake up with the commitment to be more like Jesus, I say to you, congratulations. You have chosen wisely. You have chosen the best path. And over the next few weeks, we're gonna open up the pure word of God and teach you how you can become more like Jesus according to the teachings of God's word. But today, it begins by expressing your personal vision and commitment to God to be more like Him. And I would like for you, during our time of prayer, if you're willing, if it is genuine, for this to be your prayer today. Dear Lord, when people stare at me, I want them to see you. That's a decision you have to make today. I'm going to ask if Adolfo and Evelyn would close our time here in prayer, and Adolfo is going to pray in English and Evelyn in Spanish. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for a second chance. We want to be like you. Father, thank you for giving me the wisdom to be a better father, a better husband, especially also to be a better neighbor. In your name. Señor, te damos gracias por una segunda oportunidad. Queremos actuar y vivir como tú. Padre, dame la sabiduría para ser una mejor esposa, ser una mejor madre y una mejor vecina. En tu santo bendito nombre. Amén. Amén. Let's show appreciation to the Avila's family. Thank you guys so very much. Mm. Now, if you're new to the Oak Hills Church, what you just witnessed is a value of ours. 
authenticity. None of us are perfect. As Max says all the time, you know, you know, we're in a tough spot, but God doesn't want to keep us here.